Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Denny Pivots, face. Chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! Oh. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are oh, you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! Oh, 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 I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Welcome into 11 personnel Nick Roush and Adam Luckett here to talk to you about Kentucky's win over Missouri, a 35-28 victory where, like it, there was, uh, it was a little bit closer than we anticipated. There were a few more nerve-wracking moments than we expected, but, hey, good teams win, great teams covered, and uh, that's true. The Cats are a great football team. Yeah, you run for over 300 yards against an SEC opponent. You hit big plays in the passing game. You know, you 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 get six plays of thirty plus yards. He'll hold the other team to zero. It's going to be hard for you to lose games like that. Uh, now there were some swings in the game that really that Missouri need Missouri needed some bounces to even have a shot in that game, and they got them. So you have to yeah, give them some yeah. credit for that. Um, you would like to see Kentucky finish, but that's also kind of been an issue under Mark Stoops, like. Stoops has done a lot of good things, but there are some, like, he hasn't really gotten the big ones at home we've talked about. And when they have a chance to blow teams out, they can kind of struggle to put them away. Mm -hmm. We've seen twice against Missouri, 2016 and 2017, they had big leads on them and couldn't really land the knockout punch and let them kind of come back in both of those games in the second half. So that's – this is something that's happened to against Missouri before. So some stuff they need to work on. But at the end of the day, I, we saw what we needed to see, I think, in that game. I mean, if right. you look at the box score, the box score says that should have been, yeah, you know, a 13, 14 point win at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the great equalizer in all of this is turnovers. And two games into the Liam Cohen era, he's checked every, Right. Box you could imaginable, except the turnover. And 
that that column they've had five turnovers three fumbles two of the picks were just tip pass interceptions and that, they've been a little they're having greats like they're not allowing a ton of negative plays but the ones they are allowing are, are kind of just going to turnovers which is over a large sample size that's not going to stick they've had yeah yeah water like, it's level the uh like the two tip balls like that's just unlucky where Kentucky tipped a few balls and didn't intercept any in that game against Missouri and so like like I think that's a little bit unfortunate and then the one interception I mean Basilak threw as bad of a football as you can on a fade and Mm -hmm. worked I mean that was just an inexplicable mistake like there there's no excuse for for doing that you know but even then like that's probably not an automatic PI call most of the time, if that ball isn't intercepted, I'm not sure he throws a PI flag. Um, because it was what, such a bad pass, it probably wouldn't even catch him. Well, I'm surprised it we was. Didn't get the it head was, I mean, cap. technically, it was pass interference, like he, mm-hmm. he just got to hold out a second longer. Um, because they were kind of hand fighting there, but then he just you know he stabs him in the chest with his form, oh, with his palm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and then you had the, the tip ball by Pascal where they run his own blitz, <sighs> he drops in coverage. I mean, well, it's, it's right really in the bread basket. Really a good call, I think. Um, I think they caught Basilak by surprise there a little bit. Um, and then the ball's just under there, and Geiger's running under it. Uh, and just <sighs> brutal. You know, he alligator arms it, trying to yeah. catch it. Let's uh, let's talk about the defense for a little bit. I know, you know, we or we don't need to beat the dead horse over the Rodriguez fumble changing things, but I think defensively, there's certainly this notion out there when you watch Kentucky give up underneath routes that Stoops is playing conservative. And look at I, I have not had the opportunity yet to go back and and watch, you know, every snap yet. But especially at the time and from our vantage point up in the press box, what's like Kentucky was blitzing more often than not. They just they weren't getting home. But they weren't bringing numbers. They were bringing four, but it was coming from different places. Um, so they had line like linebackers were coming all the time. Devontae Robinson was coming from the field, uh, blitzing. But they were doing. They were a lot of it was. Um, it was just four man pressures. It was just not your typical four D line rushing. Um, mm-hmm. But we have to remember here how like Kentucky's built. At as, at Kentucky Media Day, Brad White talked about how uh, you know you may not love it. But this is a foolproof way to play defenses. You're going to give up yards. Don't give up big plays. If you don't give up big plays, you're going to win games. But I think Missouri and Eli Drinkowitz had a good counter to some of that that defensive philosophy because Kentucky really especially leans into that when they start getting leads. Yeah. Because they know they can run the ball. They know they want to shorten the game. But Missouri ran 76 plays in the game. Only 18 of those snaps were design runs. Like they were just, they just, they just came out and threw, they just they came out and threw the ball. Yeah. Um, now Kentucky took away the big plays. Um, they were ready for any of the deep shots, but you got to give, I think, Drinkowitz and Basilak a lot of credit for just taking the checkdowns, taking the checkdowns, taking the checkdowns. Had some nice developed, like well designed yeah. screens. I mean, they there. do a good, yeah, they do a good stuff with, um, with eye candy and, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, getting you going one way with misdirection, hitting you back the other way. Tyler Beatty's, you know, it's really nice when you can dump it to an NFL, you know, third down back. Yeah, that guy, he's he's good he, at breaking tackles. He made, yeah, he made some guys miss. Um, I know tackling's a big issue. Like I went back and watched the, the tape. Beatty's gonna make people miss uh, all season. He's yeah. just he's just a guy. So I'm not super concerned about that. What I think it, it kind of 
went against Kentucky because Kentucky's front is built to stop the run. Mm-hmm. Like last year, they got pounded with Missouri with outside zone with Roundtree. He ran the ball 37 times. So I think they were looking like they were thinking they were going to do that when really Missouri only went to, I think they ran outside zone maybe seven, eight times in this game. And one of them, Kentucky was on that big cornerback blitz call where Kentucky yeah. blew it up, came finally got a tackle for loss. That right. was outside zone. Um, but Missouri, like there's an outside zone based attack. So you think you're going to see it a lot. And Kentucky really didn't see it much. And so I think that they really kind of caught them surprised with the, they need a more pass rush in that game. How Kentucky's built, their front is built to stop the run, not necessarily rush the passer on standard on standard downs on first and ten, second and six, whatever. And so that, that really, I think, I think that hurt them in that game yeah. because that's where the pass rush issues came from. And then, especially had, second down, <laughs> right? And then you had some injuries um, and stuff. Some guys are playing um, on one of Basilak's scrambles there in the fourth quarter on their touchdown drive. They're in kind of a dime or a nickel look. Katie McDaniel's kind of playing off-ball linebacker. He 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 starts covering like he's a man, and they lose contain. The mm-hmm. two-minute drive, they you watch if you watch the SEC inside special last night. White was going yelling at Pascal or going back and forth with him like we lost contain four times on that drive. So that that's an issue. Like the pass rush, that that is an issue. Like they got to get on the same page. I thought Missouri did a good job with the land snaps because um, many times Kentucky just couldn't get a good beat on it because they were showing their hand um, before they even snapped the ball. And I think what that comes from is like Missouri's got a really experienced center um, and they were very patient on offense. So I think you got to give some Missouri some credit. But overall, I think that Kentucky's defensive philosophy will be fine. Um, I think that's a foolproof way to play, but the pass rush, they they do need some work. Um, there and I think that was a huge takeaway other than that I think I think they were fine um, I think the linebackers were really good I thought Square and Jones were both really good in that game yeah that was an incredible interception too by Jones and yeah the cornerbacks you know they need to be better but this is what we thought that position was going yeah. into the season I'd like to see Quandre Mosley maybe play a little bit more and I, you want a little bit more out of Corker I think like we heard Brad White talk about make the game changing plays you'd like to see a little bit more from him now he did make a huge play on that little gadget play, get yeah, back and get yeah. the DBU. Um, but overall, I think they're I think they're fine. But I think Missouri just did some good things. And really, the defense, you know, you re- would have liked to got that Geiger interception. Obviously, yeah. the two minute drive cannot happen there at the end of half. Um, but if the offense just scores right there and they go up twenty eight seven at half, I don't think. And then it's a totally different game because Missouri's going to have to be more aggressive in the second half. You're down three possessions when you're only going to get maybe six six, seven possessions in that second half. Yeah, and I, the natural just pass rush in general, The the you mentioned breaking contain. That was the frustrating part is you'd have a guy who actually did make a good play and get some pressure, but there was nobody there to kind of fill the void. Mm-hmm. Like a there guy would like, get – he would get real high north-south and there was nobody underneath him. Lack so. of an interior rush, right? Yeah, there because was I no thought way J.J. To... Waver, Waver, Weaver did a good job getting some edge rush. Devontae Robinson um, actually got some outside pressures from the edge. That that hurt. And a lot of that is, you know, you want something from nose, but, like, that boundary tackle position, you're talking a Bully Body Fitzgerald. Oxendon, yeah. That's the spot where Calvin Taylor, he got all his sacks a lot of times was because – they the outside Bogey was bringing the heat. Yeah. You would have to, they would just step into him. I mean, he would win one on ones there 
lot of times, but they would kind of just step into him and he would clean up, clean up the trash right there. They just don't have that right now. And that's something that ho- they can hopefully get fixed. I thought Trayvon Ripka, he's kind of their nose man in pass rushing situations. I thought he did some good things. So yeah, and there's one guy watch. that you're going to see too because when Ripka comes in as that specialized rusher, I think you're going to start to see Trevin Wallace do that more often. Uh, he played the spiral in a couple different situations, and mm-hmm. he, he had good instincts on when to go, uh, particularly on that fourth down. Like, all right, he's not going to try to scramble this now. He's he's sliding in the pocket, just see ball, hit ball. Um, so I, I like that, how they use him there. And I think they're going to use him more just to get some more athleticism out there because that, that that's that's how you get after yeah. guys. Yeah, and I think well with Wallace, I think what you could see is maybe just letting him play that outside linebacker spot, that little Sam spot instead of McDaniel getting out there, just get more athleticism on the field, especially against a pass heavy team, and that would allow Jared Casey to play. Mm-hmm. I, did I think you some... would feel better with Jared Casey on the field, maybe more so than McDaniel. McDaniel was there in some big spots, and like he, he. Oh like, man, that one tackle was. He whew. missed that. I mean, it was a perfect call. He was wrong. He was on it. He just missed the tackle. Um, that that was my takeaway. Like he's just not. I don't think he's still young. He's just not ready for that moment. I still think as a player he could grow into something. I thought maybe just maybe we should have seen more Jared Casey there with Wallace. But they, they're going to have to figure out kind of how they use that. When Snoop said earlier this week, like, we've got different ideas. My my takeaway was they're just going to play Wallace maybe at that Sam outside From, linebacker. I, I did a little digging, and I don't know how – like, I, I think it'll be just a situational type deal in that. Like, I don't think yeah. they're going to – It's going to be on passing downs, right, passing situations. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, we're, you're going to drop into a zone or – do like, it's going to be very specialized where he's not going to have to – you know, switch positions officially and learn how everything's done in different assignments and alignments, but just, all right, th- we need you on this down. Yeah. Um, because that, that will definitely be the case. Probably not this week against uh, Chattanooga. Um, but, you know, there's going to be some times against South Carolina where they just need to get off the field, times mm-hmm. against Florida and LSU, and you need to have your best athletes yeah. out there. We mentioned the 76% pass rate. They're not going to see that in the next three weeks. These next three teams that are playing are pretty run heavy. Yeah, yeah, which we'll get to more about the problems there uh, when we talk about the rest of the SEC teams. But one thing I did want to go at in depth offensively a little bit is just how, you know, obviously the biggest difference in the Coleman style is you get more explosive plays. I think uh, nobody has more passes more than 30 yards than Will Levis right now in the Southeastern Conference. He leads the SEC in explosive pass rate. that's, That's incredible. But what that means, though, is that drives are staying alive because you can now convert on third down. In Kentucky, they were 7 of 12 on Saturday, uh, an average of 7.1 yards on those third downs, and they converted more than half of them. Kentucky's the best third down team in the SEC. And a couple of the biggest plays of the game, they were those third downs. You had a third and 10 to Isaiah Cummings where – uh, it was the same play that had the Went tip right pass back pick. To him. He's yeah. done that twice now. I love that. Against ULM, Ali drops interception, go back to him next possession. I believe it was on a third down. Mm-hmm. Cummings drop interception, next possession, go back to him on third down. And that's that's Liam's style too. He said yesterday, he's like, I'm not going to punish my guys. But, you know, I make mistakes too. I don't get pitched. So I'm here to put these guys into situations to succeed, trying to build them up. And, and that's one way to do it. 
Uh, I thought the best pass of the day was the little uh, fade from the slot Slot from Wondell. Third nine. Robinson, third and 12. (laughs) Yeah, okay. It was after that sack. And it. there's six minutes left in the game. And, you know, we talk about how the offensive aggressiveness changes if, uh, you know, if Drinkwitz has a three-touchdown deficit in the second half. His style is definitely going to change, too, when if he's getting the ball back with five minutes to play or one minute to play. And that ball to Wandale, it kept the drive alive. And that's just something that we that, – that's a draw or a screen in years past. Like, that's not even – you don't even go for that. And to have that confidence in your quarterback to just not only make that throw, but to have a receiver who can just beat a dude one-on-one. Like, well, that, one. that, that, yeah. that was just the – that play really showed me that this offense not only is it putting more sc- points on the scoreboard, but I, it really, it really can change the way Kentucky wins football games and milks the clock. You don't have to just have that Benny Snell four yards, run it, run it, run it to milk the game away. You can do it with different ways, and you can convert in otherwise seemingly impossible situations from years previous. Yeah, I mean, in big games and third downs, a lot of times you just got to play one on ones, and you got to go. Find the one-on-one you want and go win the matchup. And Wandale, I think, provides that for this offense as well as just the explosive playability. And those slot fades, that stuff Kentucky ran last year, they just couldn't hit on it for whatever reason. Um, Now they got a dude and a quarterback that can deliver the ball. So I think that just is a huge difference maker. Like, we can talk about scheme all we want, but that that's just guys going and making plays. Like, you just have to have that to extend drive sometimes. Um, there's not a – you know, there's a lot of great play calls by Cohen, but a lot of times it's not a magic formula. It's just going and winning one-on-ones. And mm-hmm. Wandale on the perimeter does that for this team. I mean, you they can scheme him up shots. You talk about the jet sweep. Just, like, the ball – he can be electric with the football in his hands, and he can play make – and that just makes a world of difference um, and really gives this offense another level because they have the efficiency. I think they're going to have it all season from Rodriguez. They're going to be able to stay ahead of the chains and gobble up first downs. But you gotta, you got to get explosives to, to really put up numbers and to really potentially put up big numbers in games. Um, and through, so far through eight quarters, they're getting those explosive plays. And that's really what you kind of get excited about when you look at this offense because it's the combination of the efficiency you know you're going to get from the ground game with the Mm -hmm. explosiveness now you're getting from the passing game. And that really kind of excites you um, because that's something they can keep building on. Yeah, and I know in years past there was definitely a – Stoops is taking control of the offense. They're just running the ball now. I I don't think – you're always going to have people who have some sour grapes. But those gripes aren't allowed because Kentucky is explosive when they need to be and when they want to be. That drive, it was right after Missouri scored. The following drive, I mean, it was play action, big play down the field, rig gets the big screen, gains about 20 yards. I mean, right after you thought that they had – you know, didn't have that much in the tank and they were just leaning on the running game too much. They went to the passing game, moved the ball down the field and got a score. So uh, that that's why I don't think you're going to, uh, while there were a few gripes after the game, like 
are we not? Are we not throwing the ball enough anymore? Only 18 attempts. I bet there were probably. I bet there were like set. Cohen said I think they were they had 26 pass plays called, but like a lot of times that Levis just ran it because it was there. People took the bait this week. I mean, on <laughs> national talking shows, on the SEC pregame show, they're talking about how they're going to throw the ball all over the yard. And even when you watch the Rams, that's not what they do. Like, this no. offense, everything is based off establishing the run, making the pass plays look like running plays. And then when you call a pass play, hit the shot. We don't – Kentucky doesn't – you want to sit – and even Cohen said it. I don't want to throw the ball. I want to sit like 25 to 30 pass plays a game. I don't want to go out and throw it 50 times. And the thing is, too, is it's it's – it's even more effective because Kentucky runs the ball well. If you watch Sunday Night Football, the Rams, they couldn't, they couldn't. I mean, they were walking. They weren't running. They were walking. They couldn't run the ball at all. And yet, it was still. Uh, they did enough to be effective in the play action where Stafford's dropping bombs in there, you know, and uh, like all of those Cooper Cup comps we got last year, like you, or in the off season to Wandale, like. You see it. Mm-hmm. No doubt. <laughs> you saw it from both of them. You know, man, Cup did have a couple of those plays where you just thought he was going to get tackled like three or four times and he just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the offense, like this is what, this is what the offense is. It's run first efficiency on the ground game, stay ahead of the chains, make people commit to stopping the run and then hit them over the top with verticals in the passing game. That's the recipe. It's, a pick-your-poison type defense. Either you keep your safeties back, and we're just going to hammer you over the head with this run game, and when you start creeping up, we're going over the top, and we're going to hit explosives on you. That's that's the that's the recipe, and that's what Mark Stoops wanted, and that's what he went out and hired. Do not worry about – I saw people calling in, like, um, worry they're not passing the ball enough. They only passed 18 times. They need to pass more. No, this, the passing game is all about getting explosives, yards per attempt. Like, Levis yeah. was 10 of 18 for 50-something percent completions. I do not care because he hit – he was at 10 yards per attempt. So, he's hitting over the top. He's hitting explosives, and that's what it's all about. Kentucky needs to get explosives in the passing game, 30-plus yard plays. They got a bunch of them, and that's just going to open up everything. It's going to make running the ball easier. And so, that's that's what it, that's that's what it is. And so when they're able to do that, it's just they're going to be hard to stop if they can do that throughout the season. They're going to be awfully hard to stop. Uh, It's exciting because that win, it was a much needed win to, you know, to win that big one. Then you've got more big games on the horizon. It was a table setter. You had to get that one. Now it sets the table for October. You got to go win at South Carolina, but it's a table setter. You, you beat Missouri, take care of business. You you work out some of the kinks, too, in that win. And now it's a table setter. Now you can go and go take your shots here in October. Now you still got to – Kentucky still needs to continue to grow. Um, there's a lot of areas for improvement. Obviously, ball security. Um, special teams is a little bit of eh, – yeah, right yeah. now. And then, obviously, their defense, there's some stuff to work on. And offense, there's stuff to work on, too. Um, Levis has taken too many sacks. Um, that number is a little too high in a limited number of dropbacks. But there, there are a lot of good things and stuff you can build off of. So that's really what it's about here moving forward. Just keep getting better. I, I uh, 
Now that Kentucky has set the table, I like to set my table by getting a little action in on prize picks, which it's if you haven't downloaded this app, it's on the App Store. And there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by getting in a little daily fantasy action with our friends at Prize Picks. Simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports. Whether you're all in on fantasy sports or just casual fan, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. It's that simple. Uh, the thing that I like to do like it is I don't I. W- you can play with fantasy points, but I like the over-unders on the on the actual, you know, how many yards they're going to get, that kind of deal. And I did well in one week, but um, it, it's kind of funny. Look, at they had a promo where all you had to do, Patrick Mahomes over one passing yards. Oh, and then that. you just, you parlay that pick with a couple others and boom, you win. Well, I made the mistake of going rushing touchdowns instead of yards. Because touchdowns can be kind of a crapshoot. That's kind of luck. So learn from me. Don't go with touchdowns. Go with the yards because that's a little bit more of an indicator on how well somebody's going to When I saw that, I, the first thing I thought was, what if they just handed off first play and a guard pulls and steps on Mahomes' foot or something and <laughs> knocks him out? How uh, how many parlays would have been busted? So uh, luck it, against Chattanooga, Will Levis has an over-under pass yards of 270 and a half. You taking the over or the under? I would actually take the under in that. Yeah, I think I would too. Because Chattanooga, they're not going to. They're not. I mean, they're not going to play like Missouri. They're going to keep. I think everything in front. I think it's going to be a big rushing day for Kentucky. One hundred seventeen yard, one hundred seventeen and a half for Chris Rodriguez. So you take under Levis over. Yeah, I would take Rodriguez. Now I don't think Rodriguez is going to get a lot of work. I think this is going to be kind of a big game if you're Smoke, if you're Michael Drennan, mm-hmm. Lavelle Wright, Lavelle right, right, right. But to get for those guys to get some work, but he can get to that 117 and a dozen carries, uh, yeah, no yeah. problem. And the thing that's cool about Prize Picks too, you can select uh, for five times your winnings to get all of your picks right, or you can hit another option which allows you to miss one and you still make two and a half times your play. So download Prize Picks, use the code Personnel. They will double. They will match your deposit up to 100 bucks when you use the code PERSONNEL. Download Prize Picks today. Get in on the action today with our good friends at Prospects. Man, I'm, I'm actually excited because I, I'm, I'm terrible at the NFL. College, I had a good feeling my picks. Uh, NFL, not so good. It wasn't so good of a day in the SEC for a few teams last Saturday. Tennessee, gosh, they're just – Hilarious. Yeah. Man. Before we get into this, Nick, one more thing. Chris okay. Rodriguez is on a 13 game pace of 2,158 yards. <laughs> so he's on pace to break that record, not only break the record, oh, but shatter man. it. So that's something we need to just monitor game by game. Okay. I will keep an eye on that. Uh, and while we're talking, I mean, we're not going to give you a big Chattanooga update. Do you know why they're called the Chattanooga Mocks? Is it short for moccasins because they wore moccasins or something? So I thought that might be, you know, like Davy Crockett. You got the Cumberland Gat. Like I thought it might be something to do with that. Uh, water mocks would also be appropriate and be kind of cool to have a snake mascot. It's much lamer than that. <laughs> he, it, uh, their mascot is Scrappy, 
and he is a northern mockingbird, the state bird of Tennessee. They're the Chattanooga Mockingbirds. What a lame-ass mascot. Be the Chattanooga Choo-Choos. I mean, you have so many different ways you can go with this, and you're the Mockingbirds. That is so lame, Chattanooga. So lame. Goodness gracious. That is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's so not the best, but it, I mean, it's different, I guess. It's different, um, Chattanooga's defensive coordinator, former South Carolina defensive coordinator, and Louisville interim head coach, mm-hmm. Lorenzo Ward. Remember when he got in a fight with, or Mickey Crum tried to fight him? <laughs> and, was, and Vince Tyree. Oh, God. Speaking of Vince that, Tyree, he's not having a very good week. No, no, not at all. Not at all. They might riot at the game Friday night if they can't get their beers. I've Tickets are 17 bucks. I think I might go and do some investigative journalism in the beer lines up on the party deck, so... Um, that line's gone down, by the way. I think it's down to seven, six and a half. Oh, you bet your sweet buns as soon as yeah. I get over to Indiana. I'm on, I'm, the taking un- that. I'm on the under for sure. <laughs> yeah, 68 points. You think Louisville's scoring points? Gosh, they're Man, offense the bad. offense is bad. They're so bad. And bad. Central Florida has the, I believe, the number one rush Rushing defense. defense. Yeah, like, come on. Whew. Woof, as they say. Um, but hey, enough of the mocks, enough of Louisville. Let's uh let's kick it around to the SEC, shall we? Um, which team should we point and laugh at first? South Carolina? Yeah. Well, yeah, we can start with South Carolina. Here's the thing with South Carolina, like their defense is doing some good things, I think. But the offense is just – it's in rough shape. Now, they're supposed to get Luke Doty back. He was full goal last week, but they just rolled with Nolan in the game. But he should be – they go to Georgia on Saturday. I would assume he's going to start for them, but we'll see. No Zebuli? No Zebuli, Nolan. Oh. Yeah, but they're – um, I mean, they're ro- run, rotating backs in and out. Like, Kevin Harris played last week, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lloyd, the former top 50 recruit, has just looked – yeah. Now, they had a Juju McClendon, I think his name is. He's a true freshman, was like a mid-three-star recruit out of South Georgia. He was kind of like their guy in that game against East Carolina. Like, he's the one who made the plays the last two possessions to allow them to win that game. Man, the Purple Pirates, too. They had a touchdown called back. That would have changed the game. Uh, Missed the field goal. Yeah, I mean – it, South Carolina had to have a lot of things go their way to win, and that picks, was yeah. Picks uh, South Car- East Carolina's driving in score territory in scoring territory under two minutes left in the second quarter, up thirteen nothing. You get a score there, the game's over. Mm-hmm. Tip ball, pick six for South Carolina. Totally changed that game. I was disappointed that there weren't more people show up cheer them on against South. Uh, that that crowd, that was it was a barren stadium. Man, it just. Seeing Shane Beamer celebrate, it looks so, so sad. Like, he, uh, Beamer is very, he's very emotional on that sideline. Like anything they do well, he's just going nuts. <laughs> so that's something to keep in mind. Oh, man. Next the, week. The one thing I'm going to be watching closely is Anthony Richardson's hamstring. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's kind of the story of college football this week. Surprisingly, that, and I think it's because there's not a whole lot to talk about other than I'm. Sh- I can't believe that Penn State is such a 
I, I guess because Auburn's played well the first two weeks, Auburn ain't going to go up there, man. At the, I don't points. think so either. Yeah, like uh, they're, they've got some crazy stats right now, but they played Akron in an FCS team. You know, like it mm-hmm. just yeah. – uh, Bo Nix was kind of ridiculous against Akron, but he reverted to old Bo Nix last week against <laughs> Alabama State. So we're going to find out a lot about him. And then you would have to think Penn State will shut down that running game. Now, Auburn's defense could be for real. So that's something to watch. But, yeah, it's kind of a measuring stick for Auburn. Like Penn State looks like a legitimate probably top 12 to 15 team, maybe top 12 or top 10. Um, so we're going to find out where Auburn is uh, going up there. It's going to be a crazy crowd. Yeah, white out. That's always a big, big but, game. Um, but Emory Jones, TV Nick, too. like these numbers are bad. Like hit, me, hit me with su- some of them. Passing success rate is like 40.82%. And to compare that, Terry Wilson was like at 40% last year. So that's kind of the inefficiency in the passing game. Twenty, oh, Nearly a quarter of his throws have ended in a pass breakup or interception. So every every fourth throw, is hit, the defender's getting his hands on. Oh, on five, man. 5.4 yards per attempt passing. Man. It's not great. Now, they're running the ball like crazy. Um, he's Emory Jones is doing a good job running the ball. Anthony Richardson really, like, he's he's gone out here and popped some runs on – Florida Atlantic in USF it really makes your eyes pop. And then he hit a couple of big pass plays against USF. Um, but he against Florida Atlantic, his passing wasn't great. He was three of eight. Um, two of his completions were really short, um, but he's, he's terrifying as a runner um, in some of the runs we've seen from him so far, but he, he did tweak his hamstring there against USF. So that's something to monitor. But this feels like this is kind of the last game Emory Jones is going to start. I know. It has that feel to it. It's yeah. like they'll he'll start, they'll get behind, they'll play Richardson for most of the game. Richardson will get his first start against Tennessee next week. Yeah. And then and then we'll we're gonna find out over the next eight quarters, as long as that hamstring is fine, uh, what he is. Now the good thing for all you um I've already had some of the people on Twitter get at me of the Kentucky is cursed by QB twos. Like that's we're gonna see the QB two for as a starter for gonna get a good sample size here um, over the next two games I think um, so Kentucky's gonna be able to scheme for him um, but that's really he's kind of the story of college football right now is he is this like a Lamar Jackson kind of rise from nowhere really just becoming the superstar or is it just this is way too much of a small sample size against a really bad defense in USF Damn. we don't really know. And so, well, like, this Saturday is going to be, like, Alabama-Florida is going to be fascinating to watch. I think Alabama is going to win. But for that aspect of it, what does he kind of look like? It's just kind of – it's the I think it's the thing in college football this week. Yeah, that number, was it 15? That number just kind of stinks. It's just – it's daring folks to bet Alabama because you don't know if you're ever going to get Alabama at a smaller number. And I just – I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. 14 and a half, 58 and a half is what I'm looking at. Yeah, right. yeah. That, that, that's that's a huge number. But at the same time, Alabama is far superior to Florida. Yeah, and – So, like, they, they, in theory, they should be able to take care of business. Um, and it sounded like Florida fans think they're winning that game this weekend down there. Yeah, and I if you've got that confidence odd. and that, that stadium, crazy stuff can happen. But – the the person that I uh, 
not the person that, but like the, I kind of like that Florida is like Kentucky should be able to stop their run in a few weeks, right? Like that, like Florida plays into the strength of Kentucky's defense, which is we're just going to run the ball, even if we do some misdirection stuff, like just keep Richardson between the tackles and make him get three and four yeah. yards. The thing about points. this Florida run game is. They're going to, like, I think they're just going to run for 225, 250 on just about everybody. It's all going to be about limiting explosives, and then when they go to the pass, winning more than you lose. Um, so they're going to run the ball. I think we're going to learn a lot about Kentucky's run defense, not specifically this week, but next week at South Carolina, because that's going to be what South Carolina is going to try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And so, and then they're going to, if Doty, Luke Doty is in the game, there's going to be a QB run element to their attack too. So that's going to be – Get a decent start, little primer. Right. Yeah. We'll yeah. start to learn more about Kentucky's run defense then um, because Eli Drinkowitz basically decided, I'm not messing with it. <laughs> so that tells me he doesn't think they were going to be able to run on Kentucky. Right, right. And so moving forward, let's see how some other teams do. Yeah, because that's the big test in that game. Who can, who can stop the run best? Because you think both teams would have a, an advantage running the ball and – for Kentucky, obviously, you want to get – like this Florida team, you want to get them in third and eight to make them throw the ball. But they're going to be good enough, I think, to really establish a run on most teams. I mean, it's kind of an – it's going to be an old-school kind of Dan Mullen offense. Uh, there's one other future opponent that – whew, got a little turmoil happening down in uh, Baton Rouge. Just, just won't go away. Now they have a former five-star running back who – is academically ineligible for the remainder of the season. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. I can already feel their wheels spinning down there. Gene, I mean, there's just Gene Shizik vibes, man. Yeah, it's not good. Now, they they play Central Michigan this week. We saw Central Michigan push Missouri. After that, they go to Mississippi State for a nooner, and then they host Auburn before coming to Lexington. I could see them winning maybe two ugly ones, but potentially maybe the unraveling starts here in Lexington. You'd love to see it. Yeah. I mean, that game's like Kentucky's got two big games, I think, before that. So I don't even want to look too far ahead there. <laughs> right. But you do have to love that matchup. They're struggling to run the ball right now. Um, They're not really protecting Max Johnson all that well. And defensively, they really didn't scheme up the run game well at all against UCLA. So that could be a game where Kentucky could do some things, I think, in the run game um, because they do have two NFL corners on the outside. So one of one-on-ones against them could be tough, but running the ball could be Kentucky's ticket in that matchup. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. Uh, I want to get to some games before we pick our money line special. Our Wolfpack, our two-point favorites at Kansas State. And, man, that line stinks. I could I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. That is just Kansas State lost their quarterback last week. Yep, Skylar Thompson. Is he done for the year? They think he'll be back. Okay. But I know that's the the thought behind it is they're just like, all right, well, let's get some people who look at Nevada. They see a win over a power five team. They see Carson Strong as number one on NFL draft. Big boards. Uh you know, uh, let's We'll make them favorites after the big injury, but I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all. 
K-State is 13-4 and four ATS in their last 17 games as a home underdog. Gosh, yeah. I, you know. Kansas State at home as a dog is an automatic play for me. Oh, I can get automatic it. play, folks. You heard it here. So, automatic play. He is fading our Wolfpack. What shows what a fan you are. <laughs> so that, just keep that in mind. That's, right, a, that's a tricky spot for Nevada. That's a game you want them to be. A, uh, you'd rather be a small dog. Yeah. Or small yeah, three and you know, a half. Small dog than small favorite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, don't like that. Um, man. Uh, so, Vodka, do you have a money line pick for this week that you're re- that you're ready to go all in on? I do. Oh, uh, man. And I'm wondering I'm if it's the same keep, one as mine. Keeping it in the family. Oh, man. I think I know which one it's going to be. <laughs> Purdue plus seven oh, and a half man. plus 250 on the money line. Oh. Purdue seven and one against the spread as a road dog under Jeff Brom. Notre Dame's in all kinds of rough shape right now. Yeah. This either feels like Purdue wins or they get their doors blown off. Oh, yeah. It's one of the two. It's one of the two. And, man, I'm I'm already nervous for the game, and I couldn't make it my pick just because I was too. He feels due for just a big win, though. That's true. That's true. Uh, and I just the, – the only thing I do question is, was Notre Dame scare the Toledo game? You know, will, will they have their stuff in check? Yeah, but their quarterback now? got banged up. Um, Purdue's defense has done some good things, I think, so far. Yeah. They're not going to take they're, as many chances as Toledo. Thank God they got Bob Diaco out of there. And they can Jesus. score. And Notre Dame's got some big play defensive issues going on right now. I think it's a good spot for Purdue. I know they just lost their running back. That's a position they really haven't been able to figure out up there, which is kind of odd. Yeah, yeah. Four or five seasons. But I think, you know, I like, I'm I'm jumping on them this week. We'll see what they do. I did not think – I was looking at that one in Illinois. Illinois is my other one. They're – I believe a seven and a half point dog at home so, in Maryland. Maryland just feels like they shouldn't be laying more than a touchdown on the road. Man, the dog I'm going with, I'm feeling frisky. They won me a bet earlier in a similar situation playing against a Pac-12 powerhouse. We're going after dark to the Rose Bowl. Fred, Fresno yeah. State, 11 point dogs to UCLA. UCLA. They're, right now, they're pointing and laughing at their rivals because Clay Helton got fired for losing to Stanford. They're riding high for that big win against LSU. Two wins to start the season, coming off a bye. I think they're going to be a little bit rusty, a little bit slow coming out of the gate, and this feels like the perfect time to bring UCLA back down to earth. Right when everybody says that the Pac-12, is either it's either them or Oregon, that division is theirs, pull the rug right out from underneath their feet. The dogs are howling at the Rose Bowl. Fresno State plus 350. Now Nick, we did we had good picks last week. Neither one. Yeah. But it was just a play away. It, I mean, they covered, so you know, yeah. we're at least giving you some covers out there. It was just a play away on each yeah. side. We're fishing. We're fishing in the right waters, though. So if we do that again this week, cuz I'm I'm going to at least bet both of our picks to cover, even if I don't do straight money on um, feel good about him. Feel good about, especially eleven points with UCLA. Like, what about ten yeah, against that like Fresno that State offense? I like that. Yeah. The total sixty-eight and a half, or sixty-two and a half. Excuse me. I like the over there. Um, both those teams can get up and down on offense. The uh, there, there's one game that I'm looking forward to the outcome, but it's big noon Saturday, so it might you know it'll be taking a backseat. Is the game of the century game Oklahoma Nebraska? That could get weird. That could get hairy for Scott Frost. I would love to see him just get mopped. Now they mopped have. With. 
you know, people kind of forgot about them, but they rolled over Fordham and they held Buffalo to three points and rolled over them. Um, so maybe quietly, maybe we'll see if they've kind of got their stuff together. But that's a big – it's a big game for him to kind of – because if they go out there and get, you know, torched, it's going to light the flames again. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to be in the public eye and people are going to be talking about them all next week. But if they can play well and kind of hang in there, it, it might buy him a little bit of time to kind of keep working quietly and see what they can build. So, he, big game there. One game to keep an eye on, too, that – I'm definitely betting. There's there's no doubt in my mind. Terry Mex Terry Wilson makes his return to College Station. Mm-hmm. He played poorly yes, last yeah. time for UK. It was one uh-huh. of his worst games as a Wildcat. But he's been there before. He's back. The Lobos are 29 and a half point dogs. But Texas A&M doesn't have a quarterback right now. That guy was horrendous against Colorado. I'm sure there's going to be a, a sort of like. I mean, they'll just hand the ball to Isaiah Spiller and get back to their winning ways. But that's a ton of points. Terry Wilson's been there before. You got it. Couldn't just, play if, any much worse than he played last time. Right, right. So, in in and yeah, man, I thought they were about to blow it. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah, about that was, as bad uh, as it gets, man. Yeah, the turnovers, yeah. I mean, they were just yeah. – whew. It's unfortunate um, Kentucky plays at noon this week because there's a lot of games that new window I really want to see. And the rest of them kind of stink. The, yeah, like, Cincinnati, Indiana is a cool little matchup. You've got Terry going to AM. You got Michigan State at Miami. It's kind of a big game for both those teams. Virginia Tech, West Virginia. Like that's a line. Like West Virginia's laying three. And you saw Virginia Tech beat North Carolina. That seems like they're just begging you to take Virginia Tech. Um, I'm gonna be on West Virginia. I think West Virginia gets a big win at home. Man, this really is a tight noon slate. Yeah, the noon slate's awesome. Um, but other than that, it, it thins out quick. Um, like the, at night, there. I mean, you got Auburn, Penn State, which will be a good game. But other than that, it's just kind of blah. Georgia Tech, Clemson. Yeah, I mean Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia. God, thirty-one nothing is what that Ooh, smells like. Here's here could be a fun game. This one. Uh, the total right now is at 64 and it feels low Mississippi state at Memphis. So yeah, mid afternoon, the M- Memphis and agreeing that they're, they're bigger rivals with Ole Miss. Cause it feels like just the demographics there. There's yes. a bit, that, that, that's a big clash and no, no, associate. I mean, it's just, they, they don't, they don't like anything about one another. Um, but you still get some of that similar similarity with Mississippi state. You're playing the big sec school from right down the road. Could be a lot of points there. How about Mississippi state come back, putting hurting on NC state that the ACC just stinks. It's so bad. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I mean, is, is Feel good about my pit over seven though. Pitt, that Pitt's, big win. The, Pitt's the second best team, right? After Jerkovich got hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's looking like Pitt's going to be, if you look at their schedule, um, they have to go to Georgia Tech, but other than that, they have a couple G five games coming up. And then they go to Virginia Tech. They could fairly easily be six and zero when Clemson heads to Hinesville. There, the big mu- the big mustard bottle Gosh, in October. And I think that game's on a Friday night. It might be on a Friday night too. So that'll be one everybody will watch. Have, has Pitt ever filled Hinesfield? Well, I think they yeah. When Notre Dame came that one year, I think they filled it. Oh, with Notre Dame fans? Yeah. <laughs> My God. It's or so they sad. Play, and they played Penn State a few years ago. It, it filled up. 
But I mean, you know, Penn State probably had 35,000 fans there. That's the game I'm thinking. They played Penn State when they were both good, when they both had good offenses, like when they had the Peterman, um, and then James Conner was a running back, and then Penn State had that's when they had Moorhead, McSorley, Saquon. Mm-hmm. Uh, one game that um, just so, something for y'all to put a pin in Saturday night. Tulane goes to Ole Miss, and the Green Wave are wearing SEC champ stickers on their helmets with like 33, 38, and 43, whatever the years were that they won it. Love that move. Love that move by Tulane. Love it. Absolutely and, love it. It's going to be a like, great uniform game, too. If you like pain, you could just turn over Stanford at Vanderbilt on ESPNU. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you, you want to talk about hating yourself. Like, That'll be on the tube here at the Lug House. Oh, sure. my God. That's getting screen time. 12 point dogs, Vandy is. Goodness gracious. Um, a, a quick note on the NFL. I'm not going to give out any picks, NFL. I, uh, man, I got to stay away from it because it, I'm just going to be sticking with prize picks and playing some fun props because that's much more entertaining than me trying to hit the board and try to figure out these NFL teams. NFL, I, NFL early, you got to find the dogs that you like. Man. So I like. Like Bengals won big for me last week. Um, Raiders last night. Um, I like the Bengals again this week as a dog. Uh, do I like not... the, I love the Panthers plus three at home against the Saints. Everybody's going to be on the Saints after beating the Packers. That was just a weird game. Yeah. I love the Panthers at home plus three. As much as the Washington football team let me down and their favorites, I feel like fading the Giants is a good play this year. Yeah, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. That still going a hook. That's obviously the, that's the weird little, especially in NFL when you start getting off the key numbers. Yeah. Um, so in but uh, NFL red Vikings zone plus is, four, I like them too because everybody's going to be on the Cardinals this week. Red zone's a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, I, yeah. It's uh, just one of my favorite just, things to do all day is get just, order pizza or get food to go and then you just sit down on the couch and watch red zone from one to you know seven or whatever yeah and shout out to my brother for being in town so he could give duke somebody extra to play with because he eventually gets bored with me so you know you gotta you gotta have more than just the usual toys to keep the baby in the same room as you so no doubt but man uh, another great week another great pie oh uh we should mention before we go because it happened while we we're recording josh ali has some traffic charges and, you know, I know some people like may might have taken issue with Stoops describing the off the field issues as hiccups or, you know, got some headlines to fix, I think was one way he put it. Uh, that really is just a bad headline. Like dude was driving without insurance and rear-ended somebody. So it's don't just, drive without insurance. Like, well, now that people are on top of them a little bit. So they're looking for stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you just gotta it's just they need to clean it up. I mean, it is what it is kind of thing, but they they need to clean it up. Oh, we got Dennis Dodd giving uh Chris Rodriguez some Heisman hype. Rushing for two hundred yards, we'll do that. Yeah, in the SEC. He's he's the leading rusher in the SEC by like fifty yards too. It's not even really close right now. So Mm -hmm. um yeah, it'd also be really nice if the grand jury would proceed because Kentucky could use Drew Phillips. Kentucky could use Vito Tisdale. I don't know. Yeah. 
I, I know. Yeah, when, Dev- in- when Devontae Robinson got hurt, yeah, they was- don't really have a for their scheme. They don't really have a backup because you don't really want Jalen Geiger. I think playing kind of that role, like Vito would kind of be kind of the primary backup there if he was on the team. Um, so right. it kind of messes with what they want to do um, because they don't really have a backup. Now, luckily, it sounded like Robinson's going to be fine. Right, right. Jordan right. Wright, it sounds like I could like see him holding mi- out this missing week. Missing this week, but it's yeah. what it sounds like he probably should be back for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. But, but so luckily, I think they're going to be fine, but that's like they kind of need him on the field. Well, and Phillips, especially in his case, there's a he was one of the guys where, at least according to UK documents, didn't even go in the house. So, like, there's going to be some guys that just get their charges dropped right away. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't well, think that'll be the case with Vito. And judging but. from what we've seen from two games, Nick, like, and what we saw, it was, you know, just one open practice. Um, but, but Sean McClain was – Tom McClain was going to be a huge part of the passing offense. Yeah, yeah. And they're just not really doing that stuff with Smoke. At least they haven't so far. They've ran him on some wheel routes. And yeah. they tried they tried to get him on a wheel two times against and it wasn't Missouri, there and yeah. they were they were over it. So that's you know, I think he was gonna be used more as like a slot receiver kind of thing. Um, and that's not really something we're seeing them do with smoke, at least to this point. So getting him back, I think, could add another element potentially to the passing game that they just haven't had. But if they get back, they've missed a lot of time. You know, that's true. It's yeah. going to take them a couple of weeks, a lot of them, just to kind of ease their way back into it. And then you get so far in the season, it might just be like, you know, you're just running with the twos right now, and then we'll kind of work you in. Yeah. We'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Um, man, it's been a good podcast. Like yeah. it. And it's always good. I always love hearing when your quarterback is called a psycho. That's more good than bad, I feel like. I would rather have a psycho quarterback than a non-psycho quarterback. Obviously, you don't want to be too – but, like, think about all the great quarterbacks. Tom Brady, psycho. Absolutely. Absolute psycho. Peyton Manning, psycho. (laughs) Absolute, you know, psycho. Will Levis is getting that comparison now. Um, Liam Cohen just said he's just crazy. He's just nuts. (laughs) And then, like, and then you see your Kavase smoke like that. They love that, that he did that. Like, that oh, yeah. charges up teammate. Like, your offensive line, that charges them up so much. Um, and I think that's going to, you know, big transition here for Levis was kind of winning over the team in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, dropping bombs is obviously going to do it. But, um, but dropping we, your shoulder on yeah, plays, that really is too. Yeah, that's going to make those guys fight for you even harder. And I just think that's a really good sign um, as this team continues to grow together. And now it's just about keep adding on. And let's see what they can do here against Chattanooga before they uh, get prepared for the first big road test of the season. In South Carolina, that game is probably not going to be a sellout, but that's going to be a crazy atmosphere um, because what happened in Georgia to them this week doesn't really matter. That they won those first two, mm-hmm. um, that's going to have them excited a little bit and wanting to upset Kentucky next week. That's going to be a huge game for them. They're so going to think they gonna can. going to be walking into a Hornets that's right. Exactly. I mean, there's one thing that South Carolina fans do not like. Uh, it's confidence. They got plenty of it. Over well, there. and what we're going to learn this year, like Missouri fans expected to beat Kentucky and they were upset they didn't win. Mm-hmm. Even though there's the evidence there that Kentucky's a better program right now, South Carolina's the same way. Yeah. 
Tennessee fans are going to be the same way when that game comes comes around. They just cannot get it through like their football brains. Like they they see the schedule and that they write W there every year. And so that's going to be a huge game for all those teams. And I think South Carolina is going to be the most unique challenge because of kind of the circumstances. Definitely. There, there's no doubt about it. And you'll be down there. I will. And, and so hit me, up with your, with, hit me up uh, with your, hit me up with your Columbia dinner restaurant recommendations. Ooh. Maybe I can go sing home a ham with Hootie if I can find him. Saturday morning hangover at Groucho's. Get the STP sauce. You told me about that. I'll do oh, that. I need to write uh, that down. I wish I wish I had some right now. It's still night kickoff too. Yeah. The game's been a night kickoff every year for a, for decade. a decade. Yeah. Hey, that is Saturday night SEC network special. They love it. Can't get enough. Uh and we're glad you can't get enough of eleven personnel. Uh download prospects, use the code personnel. We'd greatly appreciate it. It's one way you can help us. You can also help us by subscribing, leaving a review. We enjoy reading those. They're, they're, I always get a good kick out of those. So for Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Rash. Go Cats and go Kroger.